Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Class is in session, and we're once again at the start of a brand new month. July 2020 looks to be a slightly quieter month than we've had in recent memory, but still full of hotly anticipated games and some surprises that I think you should check out. This month, I'm joined by my assistant professor, Alex O'Neill. How's it going, Alex? It's going good, Scott. I am ready to RPG. I know. We're ready for this. (laughs) But yes, Alex is going to help me check out the list of this month of RPGs that are coming out. But first, let's have a quick recap of what uh, you and I have been playing this past month. So Alex, what RPGs have you have been keeping you busy back in June? Um, I, I don't know if it was, I think it was like right toward the beginning of June, I was replaying through all of the Kingdom Hearts games, uh, mm-hmm. as you do in a quarantine. <laughs> right, <laughs> gotta, gotta inject yourself with the power of friendship. Exactly, that's what I kept telling myself. Um, but a big part of that was, you know, I want to play through the whole series now that it's kind of done, like this whole part of this franchise is done. Um, and I'm glad I did because it was really cool. It was it, it was mm-hmm. cool to see that all together. Um, I also been playing the original Paper Mario, a little bit of the Paper Mario Thousand Year Door as well, in anticipation of one of the games we're talking about today. Um, Very nice. And also next to that, I, I, I played a little bit of Bug Fables. Um, which I have is... heard Mr. Mr. Mike Burgess has spoken very highly of that game. So yeah. what do you think of it? It's it's really cool. Um, I'm I'm still probably pretty early on it. I think I'm four hours in, so not too deep into okay. it. Okay. Um, mostly because like I got it, and then a bunch of other stuff happened, uh, and that came out toward the end of May. Um, but yeah, it's it's got that Paper Mario style. It has a lot of systems that take after Paper Mario as well, but it's more of it's a little bit more RPG, like it leans a little bit more heavily into like management of characters, and, and there's more things you have to think about because you have a party of three, mm-hmm. um, and there, there's a lot of really cool mechanics that go with having a party of three. Like uh, anyone who's played Paper Mario, like the most you've ever had is two, and you can kind of switch between them. Now, since you have three players, you can switch between all three, and the order that they attack in combat actually determines. Um, like how strong they are if they attack first they'll get a little power buff and then the following two characters don't attack as strong so there's a lot of little little intricacies yeah um to the to the combat and to the characters um so it's cool that's cool i've heard really like bug fables is one of those games that's on my radar that i definitely want to check out when i have a little 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 time to do so um i love the art style and the gameplay from the paper mario is a big looks is a lot of fun so It's a draw, definitely, and, and it, I think it does it well. It, it handles all that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for myself, recently, uh, I finished, played through and finished Xenoblade Definitive Edition. Um, definitely a RPG that asks a lot of the players. Yeah. Uh, you, you either love it or you just bounce off of it. Um, and even then, the finding yourself loving it can still come after you've 
slog through and kind of push through 10 15 hours worth once you once things start to really click it's mm -hmm. when uh things are are good but um but yep play through that and beat the base game as well as future connected future connected i was a bit let down by i was expecting more and was kind of uh it just didn't do much for me it's like okay yeah it's kind of nifty exploring a new area but story-wise um very lackluster in my opinion very okay. lackluster that's a bummer uh, um uh, I've also been playing through, uh, recently played through, well, I didn't play through, but I sunk some time into the Switch port of Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3, so that was a lot of fun. Um, performs really well. Some of the textures are a bit blurry and things, some of, the, there are some visual oddities when playing on the TV, but all in all, a great way to revisit, uh, and hang out with Class 7 in Cold Steel 3. And we got the, we finally got the announcement of the release date for Cold Steel 4, which is in October 20, which is on October 27th. So I have an official cutoff time that I have to beat four games or three and a half games of the Legend of Heroes series. So I'm caught up and ready to go for four. So I've been continuing my playthrough of Trails in the Sky SC, second chapter. Um, oh, okay. So enjoying that absolutely loving it it's a it's a great turn-based rpg um so i've been playing playing that and trying to push through as much as i can i'm on the second chapter of that for those of you that know where that is so you're on that's the second chapter of second chapter i am <laughs> that's awesome True. chapter two of second chapter so uh the trails of cold, cold steel four is coming out this this october Yes. And you have to play the Trails in the Sky to get through to Trails of Cold Steel 4? No, it's like, from what it seems like, Cold Steel 4 is doing kind of an Avengers thing where Ooh. they're bringing characters from uh, Trails of Cold Steel, or bringing back characters from Trails in the Sky okay. into the Cold Steel, like, pairing them up they started doing a little bit of that in cold steel 3 towards the end yeah i remember you but like this. from the get-go because my uh soon-to-be in-laws they imported me actually a copy of cold steel 4 for christmas nice so uh i played a little bit of that and then like from the get-go you see a few of the main characters from two of the main characters from the trails in the sky games you control them as well as the crossbell game. So it's like, okay, I, I have to do this and or cold. <laughs> it's like, okay, I just, I have to do this. Yes. Um, and even in cold steel three, I really felt like I did myself a disservice, not playing through the sky games before playing cold steel three, mm -hmm. much more so than when I played through cold steel one and two, which is very self-contained and setting up, uh, the Erebonia side of things that would then go on to expand in three and four. So cool. that's cool to hear. Though is are the the Trails of the Sky and Trails of Cold Steel games are they like mechanically identical or are they? Uh, they're similar? they're similar. Okay. Um, Trails in the Sky doesn't have kind of the social link aspect that Cold Steel does. Like that was kind of special to the Cold Steel games. Mm -hmm. You have more of a guild ranking in the Trails in the Sky games where as you increase your guild, you're standing within the guild 
you'll get like bonuses and things or um, like special items stuff like that got it whereas with cold steel you have direct relationships with characters that as you grow those you get special attacks and whatnot when paired specifically with those characters so cool um but the materia style system the orbit system is is fairly similar between the two um the big thing is just it's it jumps to 3d and it's fully voiced got it so, got it that's cool but, I, I like mm-hmm. they they have this weird two these, these kind of coexisting franchises in this world you don't see a well, lot of the, that i guess yeah outside of kingdom hearts that the intricacies of this world seem to be on scale with what I, I would say, like Kingdom Hearts. Like, it's the only other RPG series I can think of that has such a sprawling narrative over so many games. I would even say they're more connected than the Kingdom Hearts games are, even. Sure. Um, because Sky Games and I think... And then it's two or three years, I want to say, before... Uh, canonically when the Cold Steel games happen which and then Cold Steel 1 happens and then 2 and the Crossbell games kind of happen concurrently yeah and then a year passes between the end of Cold Steel 2 and 3 and then 4 picks up right after Cold Steel 3 so it and then there's a whole new game that they've already announced that follows up Cold Steel 4 in Japan which is has like 72, 72 playable characters. Like it's nuts. It's like it's the Super Avengers game where it's the end game. It's the end game, right? Yeah. Which is supposed to then set up the next arc of games. That's awesome. In the next region, because right now we've in, we've had adventures in Liberal, uh, Crossbell, Airbonia. Those are like three countries in essence. Yeah. And then I don't know where the new game's taking place, the, the end game game. But then they've talked about that the next saga will take place in a new location, which a lot of people are thinking is Calvert, which is another region that borders on these countries. And then they have other games planned that's on like the east side of the continent. And it's just like, ah. Yeah, once you get into niche RPGs that are all connected to each other, it's like a whole new world in video games. Oh, it is. It it's is. Great. Uh, Kingdom Hearts prepared me for the <laughs> le- the Trails series. Yeah. And I'm loving it. That's good. But yes, so I'm getting my fill of that. I picked up uh, Tainted Grail, which is like a Diablo game mixed with the combat of Slay the Spire. Okay. Uh, I actually talked about it in my last syllabus last month. I hadn't heard about it until then, and it seemed really cool. And it was on sale for early access at the Steam sale, so I picked that up. Uh, so that's been fun. I've done a couple roguelike runs of that. They also have a campaign you can take part in, like a three-hour one. Um, so I still need to try that. And then I picked back up Trials of Mana because I want to kind of finish that up while I'm still in, not quarantine, but like I'm still off and job hunting. So that's really been... That's been my games that I've been spending a lot of hefty, time. Hefty though, that's a. I know it's a dense list. You know, there might yes. not, there might only be five games on there, but they all have a story. You know. Oh, definitely, definitely. So you mentioned, really quick. I'm I'm curious. You mentioned how you've been replaying the Kingdom Hearts series. Has your 
like ranking what has it been like going back through the series after playing kingdom hearts 3 like does kingdom hearts 3 uh, change your perspective or your feelings of any of the previous games it, it does it really does and and it like it makes it feel you know it's kind of like seeing endgame right and and spoilers for avengers endgame but like captain america has like a, a lot of great moments in that movie that really i don't want to say justify some of the decisions he makes previously but like you see kind of like where his character would want to go right so in a lot of mm -hmm. cases um, especially like going back through Birth by Sleep um, and seeing that again. Um, so like for a point of reference, I played through um, one, two, one Chain of Memories, which I hadn't played Chain of Memories in forever. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I played three Chain of Memories. Two, I played through Birth by Sleep. Um, and I then, so I skipped 358, I skipped Recoded, um, which whatever. <laughs> and uh, I 358 has a good story, but I, I know it at this point. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want to watch a bunch of cutscenes again. Um, and then I watched yeah. the, the cutscene version of Dream Drop Distance, and I played a little, I played through the ending of that because I didn't want to play through that whole game again. Um, and then I played the Fragmentary Passage and then 3 and Remind, of course. Um, nice. So, like, ha having everything as a point of reference, it, there was the, the thing. I said it on the, the podcast after I had finished, I think, Mm -hmm. I think I fin after I'd finished three, but like it makes me like so dumb to be like he knew the whole time, you guys. <laughs> no, listen to me. <laughs> he knew the whole time. Um, but it, it really makes you feel like there are things that are referenced in one that were probably like we have an idea of what this wants, what we want this to look like, but we mm -hmm. just don't really have a firm grasp on the visual of it. And then you see the visuals kind of reimagined later on. It's like okay, but like they had a. They did have a general idea of what they wanted this stuff to, to be and what where they wanted this story to go. Um, and that that was cool. Have an appreciation of the, the groundwork that they were laying in games like mm -hmm. one. Um, but yeah, it was it was just, you know, like especially like Sora I had really fallen for in Kingdom Hearts three. I think like that's his game to shine, but like going back and seeing him in, in the other games and seeing how much he grows, how he like really does have like He's in the wrong in a lot of cases, and he'll have moments where he'll own up to those mm -hmm. mistakes and grow from them, like, uh, like genuine. And uh, it's cool. It, it was really cool. I, I the mechanically wise, like, I, I really fell in love with Kingdom Hearts three all over again. I like, I stand by that game being actually really, mm -hmm. really good. Um, and uh, I, I have a new, like, much deeper appreciation for Kingdom Hearts one, and it, it makes me think of like. You know, obviously one is a little bit more, it feels like clunkier, but it, it feels mm -hmm. like more, you know, like Monster Hunter. Like they, they wanted to have some level of animation priority and, and these kind of like this chunkiness to the, those games that they kind of, mm -hmm. they, they trimmed that fat out as the, the series went on. But, but that game has this particular old school RPG feeling that mm -hmm. like the first game in a franchise sometimes has and it's it's kind of special uh very cool yeah i like it a lot I, I i like one a lot more and i like um three a lot more um two will always you know have that special place in my heart i like birth by sleep a lot less because i just think it's the guarding mechanics in that game are not as good as as they are mm -hmm. later on and uh I, I i still feel the same way i did about uh, chain of memories so <laughs> 
Oh, good stuff, good stuff. But we have a couple games we are here to give you a taste and just some information on some RPGs that are coming out in July that should be on your radar. Now, the first off coming out July 9th is a game finally coming to console, originally released in 2015, I want to say, on PC, but CrossCode. Now, this is a game that you and I are pretty psyched about. Yes. Um, it's like a fantasy star-esque style, like sci-fi RPG. It's It looks really really cool but it's finally coming to console so that's very exciting yes it's some of the, like I've, I've played the first couple hours on pc i don't have like a mm -hmm. comfortable setup for it but it was immediately something that clicked with me something i, I definitely want to like spend time and and grind out and fight like wolves and stuff in because it is mm -hmm. like an mmo thematic universe um and i'm super stoked to, to finally be able to play it comfortably yeah it's um we originally started like development in 2012 and then it's just crazy but yeah you're you play as lee or leah as she logs into an mmo in the distant future follow her steps as she discovers a vast world meets other players and overcomes all the challenges of the game so it's uh also leah can't speak nope no heroic mime she is actually mute i didn't know that that's interesting yeah what's cool when i played it they you know she has like there's like a vocal vocaloid program or whatever that that the person that's trying to help you is like trying to like unlock for you so mm -hmm. you'll learn words like you'll be able to speak but like only like five words at a time <laughs> so like she gets this f random group of five words which is like hello food and like bathroom or something at the beginning <laughs> and that's all she can say to anyone and she's just super pissed the whole time it's very good so I don't know how long that bit goes if that's the whole game, mm -hmm. but she has like essentially like a speech impediment, and it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's an action RPG too, so that will be exciting. But I'm very very anxious to finally dig in and dive into CrossCode. So yeah. that is coming out July 9th. So be on the lookout for that. And now this next game we didn't really know about until just all of a sudden some Thursday morning I think it was. It was mm -hmm. just a trailer out there with an announcement, hey, it's coming out in the next couple months. And Paper Mario, the Origami King, coming out July 17th. And you're playing through uh, or kind of working through the Paper Mario games mm -hmm. you were mentioning. So what what do you think so far of Origami King from what they've shown? Uh, it looks it looks solid. It, it looks like it's going to be probably the best Paper Mario game we've had in a while. At least if, if you were craving something a little bit more, you know, old school Paper Mario. It, it definitely, I, I get the vibe that it is still going to be kind of like a color splash situation where it'll be fun and, and it'll, it will probably have a lot of the stuff that I like in Paper Mario in it and a lot of the writing I like. Um, but it, mm -hmm. it's still not quite what I would want them to do next, right? Like, I, I would just really love to see them revisit the Thousand Year Door formula and, like, try and reimagine that same formula in a very Nintendo way today. Mm -hmm. And this is more, yeah, we got this new combat system where you're spinning stuff around and, and attack groups of enemies instead of uh, just one at a time. And we still don't really know how companions work in the game, if, if they're just with you for certain parts or the whole game, so... It looks good, though. It, the music sounds great. God, I think you posted the battle theme in our Slack. Yes. Um, they put it on Twitter, and it's 
so good. It's very good. It's so good. It is super, super good. Yeah, it's just funky like you would want it to be, but it has that kind of like synthy vibe that the Paper Mario soundtracks have always had. Um, and visually it looks great. Like the writing looks great. The, the In the opening trailer that they dropped, like the, <laughs> the origami Princess Peach was like, will you crease yourself mm-hmm. for me? <laughs> I just love weird paper puns like that, so... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited, but I, I would just say, like, I'm not expecting this to be, like, the 10 out of 10 that, that Thousand Year Door is, but it, it might be a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad that you have basic attacks that aren't tied to a resource. Because yes. that was my biggest fucking gripe of Sticker Star, and I think Color Splash, Color Splash did it as well. Yeah, Color Splash um, had cards, and then Sticker Star had stickers. Okay. My copy of Color Splash is still sealed on my shelf, so yep. I'll Yours get to it many. one day. Yeah, I, th- I think I had uh, a sealed copy for a while, and then I might have gotten rid of it, maybe. Um, but yeah, so that's a big deal for me, just the fact that I can jump on Goombas without it taking a resource to do so. So yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm thinking, I feel that because for so long Nintendo pushed it that... Um, Mario and Luigi was like their Mario RPG series, but now that that developer is kind of closed, they might try and start sprinkling in, bringing more of the RPG elements back into Paper Mario. Hopefully, yeah, that's what I'm hoping um, to. So I'm anxious. It'll be interesting. I'm going to be curious to see how this sells compared to Ghost of Tsushima, which you could maybe argue is also kind of an RPG, um, but we're not really going to talk about it here. Um, but both coming out the same day. I'm looking forward to both. Um, yeah, and I will be too. picking up both. So, yeah, I'm it's anxious. You get you get your very very jolly vibes, and you're like, all right, let's get revenge for our, all of our family getting killed vibes. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. all the same day. Yep, and let me be a super ninja, and I'll be good. Sweet, yep. awesome. And then I'm gonna play with some origami, and it'll be awesome. So, I'm anxious to see with Paper Mario. Uh, the combat, the combat and like leveling up. If yeah, we have any sort of levels. equipment system. Uh, so so I, I definitely freeze framed on some trailers, and there mm. there seems to be like the the combat moves that you can choose from are different equipable boots and hammers and stuff, and they I guess have different area of effects. Like maybe this hammer does like mm. two square by two square, and maybe this hammer does three by three or, or something. That's the vibe I got. But I, cool. yeah, we, we haven't seen enough of that yet um, to really know how it's going to feel when yeah. we play it. And that's out once again on July 17th, so just uh, less than three weeks now. So that will be very exciting. And now, this next game, you could kind of argue, is it an RPG? Is it not an RPG? So we won't spend too much time. Uh, but Rogue Legacy 2 is coming out on July 23rd. Uh, it's a sequel to Rogue Legacy, which is a roguelite kind of RPG Metroidvania where every time you die, your heir will get random properties and you have to try and go through things. It's a roguelite, but it has a really cool art style. I really enjoyed the first one. Um, it's got like persistent rewards, so it's kind of RPG-ish and it's got dungeons and whatnot. So um, anxious for this one. Did you ever play the first one, Alex? I, I, I don't think you the did. First one. I oh, did. you did? Yeah, it's it's one that it's it's not a huge game for me, um, mm-hmm. and I I've tr- I tried to play it multiple times and I bounced off of it a lot because I'm I'm pretty picky with my roguelikes, but mm-hmm. there were there was eventually a time where it kind of clicked with me 
and I, I played through, I beat it, uh, happy to, to have finished it. It is a cool game that does a lot of cool things. Um, but there was definitely like, and like, of course, easy to say. It, it felt like there was room for it to improve for me. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things that I would like to see it do or do differently. A lot of weapons that I would prefer, like they give you more options and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really excited for the sequel. And I, I watched that trailer that somebody posted in Slack, and mm -hmm. um, I, I, it looks really cool. I like how they they kind of updated the the graphic style and everything. Mm -hmm. I just don't know. Like I don't it, I don't know if it's gonna be one of those things that I bounce off of again right away or if I end up getting into but I know this was a mm -hmm. big entry point for a lot of people for roguelikes um, yeah. in like 2012 when this game originally came out um, and that is awesome and you know as somebody who's I like I guess I like more of the brutal roguelikes that, that have zero mm -hmm. like give to them um, yeah so so this being a little bit kind of ease you into it there are perma upgrades that you get as you go through um, is, is great. It's great for a lot of people, and I'm really excited for more people to play it. So, yes, and I'm I really really like the update to the art style. Yes, um, looks gorgeous. But that is coming out. Rogue Legacy Two is coming out July 23rd. Now, these last two video games, I re I actually hadn't heard of them until I did research for this episode. Um, and the first is Other Side. Uh, which is coming out July 28th for PS4, Xbox, and PC. Uh, apparently, Jarrett played this at PAX, but are you familiar at all with this, Alex? So I watched the trailer before we got started, and I'd, the only familiarity I had with this was stumbling onto a trailer for this on the Xbox Live store, uh, mm -hmm. or the Xbox One store, I should say. Um, yeah, I had not really <laughs> heard of this one. <laughs> It's pretty intense, like you know. It's, it is. It's like um, Eurogamer describes it as when XCOM meets Dark Souls. Yeah, I got like a Bloodborne vibe from it mm -hmm. on, on the real because you know it's a lot of bloody, horrifying yeah. monsters. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a strategy game, which I was really surprised by. Yeah, it's a tactical RPG. Um, the game features reading off. It's developed by Lightbulb, who I'm not super familiar with as a developer, but. It says, descend into humanity's last hope. The daughters, echoes of the greatest warrior to ever live, are all who stand before suffering and death. Lead your army of daughters to battle. Your prowess in combat will shape their abilities and personality. Make the toughest decision and sacrifice one to heal another. Survivors will get stronger, ready to fight the next battle. Combat is intricate dance of spectacular actions and counters. Plan ahead of time and set up impressive chains of abilities to outsmart the enemy. Fight in epic boss battles against the source of suffering. Dread creatures pulled from the worst of humanity's crimes against itself. You will fight. You will fail. You will rise again. So, yeah. Uh, lead, evolve, and sacrifice your army. Outsmart nightmarish creatures in, spectac in a spectacular tactical RPG. Endless combat possibilities with the dy dynamic timeline system, a deep and complex narrative, and failure is not the end. Return with lost powers to face a new nightmare. Um, and it's like a really striking visual art style. It's like all black and white with some accents of red. Um, it's really, really cool looking, and I had never heard of it until today. Uh, but I'm, in, I'm very much intrigued. Yeah, it's cool. It kind of it reminds me a little bit of Massive Chalice. 
um, just because mm -hmm. that is also an XCOM-like, uh, you know, tactics RPG. Um, and it, it, it seems like the there there might be like a Generations vibe, like a restarting vibe that's similar to that, but... I don't know. It mm -hmm. seems cool. It, it, it's, it, I don't know what to expect from this one, but it, it has yeah. a certainly cool mesh of design and, and gameplay. Mm -hmm. It's, um, I'm anxious to try it out. Uh, I'm, it's exciting that it's coming out for PC and PTFB is for an Xbox. So that might be a fun, just, oh, let's try it out. See what, what it's got cooking for it. A horror themed turn-based strategy game. So that will be, it'll be interesting. I mean, Keep an eye out for it. If you like XCOM, it's definitely got that XCOM tactical gameplay style. And then the aesthetic kind of world screams Dark Souls, Bloodborne-y, Lovecraftian horror. Nightmare horror, yes. Yeah. So check it out if this sounds interesting. I know I will be. But that is Other Side coming out July 28th. And this last video game that we got... Also, one that I had never heard of until today. Me it's too. a game called Monster Crown, which is coming to early access on the PC via Steam on July 31st. And it's another pixel art Pokemon-like game where you raise monsters, you fight them to save the world, in essence. And you can, like, crossbreed them to make new monsters and according to the trailer there's like a thousand different breeds you can create over a thousand yeah over a thousand it has um online multiplayer and battling like trading and battling it's got a really cool pixel art style it's between in terms of complexity i would say it's between like a game like game boy games and super nintendo but it looks it's Visually, it is identical to Mother 3. If, if you were, like, looking for a point of reference, that is my closest. Like, you know, it looks like Pokemon, but also, like, I think Mother 3 is a good way to put it because mm. when you go into combat, it's one of those, like, first person, you're looking at the two creatures yeah. fighting. Um, it's like Mother 3 if it had been made on Game Boy Color. Yes. Um, it's... Watching that trailer, it seems like there's some other stuff going on in here. I don't yeah. know if you got that same vibe, but mm -hmm. I got major Undertale vibes yeah. of some dark, horrible thing is happening here, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, Monster Crown also looks kind of nifty. Hadn't heard of it. I'll give it a check out. Um, I really enjoyed Disc Creatures, Disc Creatures, which came out late last year, which was another fan-made Pokemon-esque title. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Monster Crown, give it a check out. Early access on the PC on July 31st. Yes. And for the last thing up today that I was able to find for our tabletop RPG players out there, uh, the Mythic Odysseys of Theros is coming. That module or that book for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition will be releasing July 21st. Um, this is one of the realms of Magic the Gathering. That partnership is continuing on. And Theros is kind of like the Greek uh, heroes of myth, that kind of thing, um, but much more fantasy vibe. So I'm excited to pick up this book. Um, I was a big fan of the Theros block in Magic, so being able to create like a satyr character, um, it's got some pretty cool stuff to it. So I'm anxious to uh, to, to try it out. That is cool. So, mm -hmm. uh, If you're a fan of Greek mythology and... Uh, 
Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the Gathering, highly recommend you pick up Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition Mythic Odysseys of Theros when it comes out on July 21st. And that is going to do it with this month's look ahead syllabus for July 2020. Alex, what games of these really jump out to you? Like, uh, Paper Mario, obviously, we, we talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'll be honest, Monster Crown speaks to me just because like it does have a lot of Undertale vibes. And, and they talk about yeah. like moral choice in that game and, and stuff you're going to do. I'm, I don't know how much of that will be right there and when this early access goes live, but... Mm-hmm. I'm curious to find out, but obviously, CrossCode I've been waiting for for two years. Uh, yeah. I've I've been like so wanting to play it for so long. It like visually, it is like exactly mm-hmm. my shit. Uh, that kind of like 16-bit art style, but like really fluid pixel art. Um, so yeah, I CrossCode absolutely number one. Cannot wait. Yeah, uh, CrossCode Paper Mario. Um, and Monster Crown, really, all these. Like, granted, I've—that's just my jam. But uh, <laughs> I'm anxious to see all these. Other side really has intrigued me, so I want to see more of kind of how the upgrade system or that sacrifice system works, or how deep the RPG mechanics go. But and like you said, Monster Crown seems very interesting. Like the trailer ends with, "Will you be their savior or their uh, dark messiah or whatever?" It's like, whoa whoa that's okay we're okay why not um but no looks like some some pretty good games nice speckling of uh anticipated titles and games you might not be aware of that I, at least i wasn't aware of so. yeah me too but thank you so much for coming on this short little uh look ahead episode alex yeah this is so fun yeah <laughs> it's I fun like tar- it's just I, a little chill you know just talking talking rpgs talking about what we're excited about it's the best mm-hmm letting people know what uh, should be on their radar but once again everybody thank you all for stopping by and if you've made it to the end of the episode you have helped restore light to the crystals and unlocked a new job class remember to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as we would really appreciate it and if you have any episodes or if you would like to be a guest on RPG University be sure to tweet at irrationalpod hashtag RPGU with the game you would like to talk about or an episode you would like to see us do. And in the meantime, folks, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. Class dismissed.